Like I really, really have to think about how my words affect other people because they do. And I really had to think about my tone of voice and how it affects other people. And I really have to think yeah. about, about how, you know, I, I, my perspective of things affects other people. Welcome to our podcast of shit or get off the pot, um, breaking the barrier of your mental health. Um, this podcast is sponsored by no one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so it's going to be kind of like a brief podcast, um, since it's our first time and maybe next time we'll have some, a guest speaker. Um, so I am Cassidy and I am Nikki. And so, um, it's going to be kind of brief. Um, I, I don't, I guess we'll go, so we'll go ahead and start with introductions. Um, my name is Cassidy. I already said that. Um, and I am originally from West Virginia and I moved to Kentucky for a job in Cincinnati and then got laid off like the rest of the world because of the pandemic and moved again. And now I'm in Columbus, Ohio. Um, and then Nikki is from west virginia that's all i know yeah um born and raised have not left unfortunately so i'm still here (laughs) yay uh. (laughs) so yeah um so i we i guess we're gonna go ahead and talk about um i guess kind of why we like had chosen the title that we did um i know that like i had a dress like i nikki and i are very open about our um mental health and i she more so is than i am but i'm still open about it and i kind of know a lot of people a lot of friends that um don't really talk about it as open as we are and so i came up to nikki and was like hey do you want to do this podcast with me <laughs> and i was kind of scared she'd be like no fuck you <laughs> No, not at all. I love it. I like, I will literally, I'm like you said, I'm so open about my mental health journey. And like, if me talking about it can help, you know, one person, I'm totally down to do whatever that takes. So, right. And so we, we formed an alliance and, uh, (laughs) and so here we are. And then, uh, we were trying to come up with like a name and we both kind of agreed on um shit or get off the pot because we know that there are several people out there that um like complain about oh, god i hate using that word because that's that's a huge mis- misconception but uh they talk negatively about their mental health but aren't willing to do anything about it or they go to friends and family and they talk negatively about their mental health and friends and family give them solutions and they still won't do anything about it. Um, and they refuse to reach out and better themselves. Um, you know, it, it is a hard situation to do, but when you have multiple help, multiple situations of people saying, Hey, let me help you. What can I do this, that, or the other, and you don't want to do anything about it. It's a situation of either, you know, shit or get off the pot. And so we kind of came up with that and here we are. Um, and I know that between Nikki and I, we both have a variety of mental health issues. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like it's like a, a carnival game, like pick your prize, pick your prize. Pick your mental illness. Right. Yeah. Like, what do you want to do today? Do you want to do this or that? And so uh, with me, I have adult ADHD as well as OCPD and, you know, the your typical anxiety and depression. Um, and then Nikki. Um, so I have like mixed anxiety and depression, um, as well as, um, bipolar one disorder. So yeah, that, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so like, I'll kind of give like a a brief, brief, (laughs) brief synopsis of my, um, mental health. Um, I, with adult ADHD, I, I mean, it's exactly what it is. It's, you know, uh, 
uh, hyperactive disorder. Um, I, you know, will make impulse decisions. Um, I will make rash decisions. I will start a story, tell you 20 sub stories before I actually get to the point. Um, I, oh, I'm, I'm trying to think all the other things that I do. Um, I will, um, gosh, I, you know, fidget it a lot, especially like during work, clicking my pen and stuff. Um, you know, I have a, a lack of restraint um, and a difficulty focusing as well. And unfortunately with ADHD, um, you know, I forget a lot of things. Um, it's hard for me to concentrate on things, um, problem paying attention, short attention span, all of that stuff. And then with my OCPD, um, the best way that I like to describe it is people with OCPD think that their way is the right way and their way is the only way that should uh, be. And the biggest thing is um, there's a huge misconception with OC OCD, which is obsessive compulsive disorder, and then OCPD, which is o obsessive compulsive personality disorder um is the one similarity that they do have is wanting to control everything and so that's kind of what i'm working on right now is having to learn to control or learn to let go of things that i can't control um you know and on top of that like it's hard for me to express my feelings um it's hard for me to you know form and maintain like close friendships and relationships um and sometimes like my over exerted Ethic, work ethic, um, you know, and constant need to be perfect in everything within my personality or even my work ethic gets in the way. Um, you know, I have, I'm dealing with this, you know, feeling of, you know, self-righteousness um, or, you know, that everything is, is owed to me or that I'm owed everything that is expected. Um, and, you know, obviously with OCPDs, you can face um, like a lot of social isolation as well. And because that stems back to, you know, having a hard time forming relationships and things like that. So I was recently diagnosed with that about a month and a half ago. So it's been a self-learning journey. Um, depression and anxiety is something that I've had for a very long time. And unfortunately, that all stems from a um, domestic violence situation um, that'll be for another podcast. So, <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then Nikki, she mentioned that she has bipolar disorder one. So like, can you describe that? So everybody understands. Yes. So with the, I'm trying to think of how to convey it. So with like right. the, the bipolar one is kind of a more like severe bipolar diagnosis with that. Right. So, um, it, it can also, a lot of people call it, uh, like manic depressive disorder, or manic depression. So like with me you know of course like when we have not we I will say I personally because everybody's different even with the same diagnosis so like right. I personally my lows my depression like they are super low you know and I mean they get horribly bad so but with bipolar one comes the mania so when I'm high I am on top of the world you know and I sometimes make reckless decisions when right. I'm in my mania um with that so I mean I get like I get like a really high energy you know like I said on top of the world um you know can't nobody can touch me you know right and with that um but it also comes with like I said abnormal behaviors um you know spending you know outrageous amounts of money when you don't have it um you know or just starting all these projects I cannot tell you how many projects I have started and just stopped at two days because you know day one, I had this idea like, oh yeah, I'm going to do this and this and this and this and this. And I get 12 hours into it. I'm like, okay, I'm done. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, um, so, and then with that, like severe irritability. Um, so before I was diagnosed with bipolar, which I was officially diagnosed, uh, I think it was about four weeks ago, four to five weeks ago. Yeah. Um, so before that, I thought that my irritability always came from my anxiety, you know, always constantly being on edge and you right. know, just so anxious and, you know, getting overstimulated by noises, sounds, you know, things like that. So, right. Which um, is, which, you know, can happen, especially with like depression is that's one of the signs is like uh, irritability, 
um, stemming from like your depression or your anxiety. So like, I can totally understand where that comes from because um, I get that way too with my ADHD is when I get overstimulated um, or I like a lot of like noise and stuff like it, like it really irritates me and pisses me off. quite frankly and so and you know being the mother of a six-year-old like oh coping mechanisms right we love them (laughs) yeah and that's the thing with me you know I've got my son who's almost five and then my daughter who will be 13 this year you know so like there's a huge age gap but like two totally different things so like yeah that was like one thing I've really been working on myself is like how to handle things and become less irritable or at least not just explode with irritability with that and like another thing with my bipolar which I had done this for I mean like since I was a teenager like lack of sleep I would stay up till four Mm -hmm. or five six in the morning sleep an hour or two and be up and you know do whatever or like with bipolar like it it disrupts your life like your decision making with certain things like you know I could stay awake till four or five six in the morning and have to be at work at eight and I would just be like no I'm quitting my job today I'm not doing this Right, And I used to do that. I mean, of course, like over the last five or six years, I've managed that part a lot better, even like without medications for that specifically. But I mean, like literally decision-making like that at the drop of the dime without thinking of the repercussions and consequences of that thought, Right, Um, you know, and then like a week later when I'm not on my, you know, my high anymore, you know, with that bipolar, you know, I'm like, oh shit, what did I do? You know, <laughs> and then, like instant regret. It's so. the same thing with like ADHD, like making like risky decisions um, without actually yep. thinking them through. Um, like you, I think, I think the only thing, the difference between, you know, bipolar and ADHD is like with my ADHD, at least with my ADHD. Um, and I can't, like you said, like, I can't speak on behalf of like a, a, a huge population. Um, I, I think about it for maybe a day or two and then I'm like, all right, I'm doing it. (laughs) And then, and then I do it. And so like, I, I literally don't think of, um, the consequence, I only think of consequences A and B and don't think of like C through Z because I think that the only consequences that I'm going to have to deal with are A and B. And when in reality, that's not the case. So I just, I just do it. Um, and unfortunately that that's not only a like like a work a work decision like you've said but it's also like a personal life decision where i'm learning to have to control um more more so like my mouth and what i say um because i'll just like pop 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 right off the, like right out of my mouth and just say it in the heat of the moment because i'm like i gotta get this out i gotta get this out right now like i can't leave this in my brain and more times than not like it uh, really, really, like, really screws me over. And I'm like, more times than not, like digging myself a six foot grave and sticking my foot in my mouth. And uh, it sucks. So yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, and that's like, when I'm like, you know, coming down off my bipolar mania, you know, whatever. Um, I keep referring to it as a high, but that's, that's the way I describe it personally. Like when right. I talk about it, like my lows and my highs. So when I'm saying that, obviously, like, I don't have a drug problem or anything. But yeah, just for anybody listening because I don't want to get confused but like you know and then right. like after, <laughs> yeah then like after that like then when I'm dealing with my you know my own concept, yeah you yeah. know then I get like my depression kicks in and I'm like oh my god you're such a piece of shit why would you do that like you idiot and then of course right. like you know, here comes the guilt the you know lack of self-worth you know the you know and I mean occasionally even suicidal ideations like with that so right um you know and then my low energy you know I'm like oh right. uh, like I'm physically you know worn out from my mania I'm mentally wore out from it plus now I'm dealing with my depression for my consequences that I had made yeah. when I was in my mania state right and then I'm just like I don't do anything I want to lay in bed till two or three o'clock in the right. day like I could sleep like literally 15 hours and you know and it's it's exhausting because it you know over the years it's gotten more frequent and um so even though um you know I just started my mental health journey like seriously over the last you know eight to nine months so like with that like uh it's exhausting dealing with I mean with anything in general but like but when you add like yeah when you add a mental illness on top of it you're like god kill me right now not not literally like Jesus please don't kill me like I love you (laughs) my homeboy but like 
figuratively like you think of it in your brain like oh my god like this is exhausting especially when like you have all of that going on because i mean it is it when you think of it it is kind of like uh, in your case it is a very much so a high like you you are on top of the world nothing can touch you um, oh yeah like, like i'm queen bitch like yeah you know when right. my mania hits and that's just right. the way it is and then and the thing with bipolar you know it can it can last weeks and months like it's not just a every once in a while th- i mean it can right. be for which some is, people but is, personally like it's it's frequent and it's so exhausting which is like i think is a huge misconception and i think that's brought on by like the media and tv shows and movies and stuff that people think that like bipolar disorder is like <laughs> one week you're at a high and the next week you're at a low and then the next week you're at a high and then the next week you're you're at a low when that's not the case it's very much so a like you said like you could be on a high for a week and then a low for like two months and then the next day you're like on a high for like a year and then you break out of it and you're like at a low point for you know two and a half weeks or whatever so and i think that that kind of sucks but like when like for you when did you start realizing like like your own mental health was i hate using the word deteriorating but that's the best word um when did you kind of like realize like okay like there's something not clicking there's something wrong like i need to talk to somebody about this like this is this is not okay compared to like how my friends react to things or how my family reacts to things or how my significant other reacts to things like how do i like when did you, when, did, when was like that light bulb, like moment for you? Does that make sense? Yeah. So, I mean, definitely, I think the, like the light bulb moment was definitely like last spring, you know, March of April, maybe even May of last year. So like, I've always dealt, you know, I've always had mental health issues. You know, I was hospitalized my first time, my eighth grade year. So like, yeah. I've always dealt with like depression, anxiety, whatever. So, um, and then like over the years, you know, I've had behaviors where I'll, like afterwards I was like, damn bitch, like calm down. Like, you know, that like you totally overreacted or, you know, whatever. Right. But it was, it was never, you know, I didn't have uh, like legal repercussions or anything like that. Right. Or, you know, any self-accountability. Right. So over this past year, um, my, my ex-husband and I had split. I was going through a divorce and, you know, kind of uh, recreating myself. And I'm like, okay, you know, where, where are we starting? So I'm like, all right, let's start with you. Like, let's start with yourself. So, right. Like, which, and at that time I was already medicated for depression, anxiety. I'm like, okay, this isn't working. There's also something else. So like, I reached out to my PCP and I'm like, listen, you know, I know this is what I'm being treated for. It's not working. I was like, but I just, you know, this is unacceptable. Like these behaviors, this, that, and the other. And so she referred me to a therapist. And, you know, then after that, um, I got referred to a psychiatrist and just, you know, was like, okay. Like, you right. know, because before I would, I would like take medications for a couple of weeks and stop taking them or see a therapist for a couple of weeks and stop seeing them. And, you know, so over, like I said, I feel the last- you know, like nine to 12 months or so. I was like, okay, this is what we're doing. We're going to fix yourself, you know, like, right. and then, you know, go from there. So right. I've actively been in therapy and seeing my psychiatrist since uh, July of 2020. And, okay. you know, I, I think a lot of self-accountability, like, yeah. you know, because before I would not, you know, not necessarily that I wouldn't hold myself accountable. I didn't blame others, but like I said, I just, I didn't care. You know what I mean? Like how right. my behaviors affected people or how I reacted to things. So finally I was like, sat myself down. We had a little talk, you know, in the head <laughs> and, and we were like, okay, we're going to work on this. We're going to do this. So I just, you know, even after that, even, cause I mean, obviously I still mess up, you know, or react in ways that I wish I hadn't or whatever, but you know, I'm like, okay, you did this. Like, this is not anybody's fault, but your own. So we're going to, we're going to be accountable and we're going to fix it, you know, in whatever right. way that is. So. No, I, yeah, that's awesome. I'm so proud of you that you are like continuing therapy as well. And I think it's always really nice to like, um, remind people like, to be proud of them, to acknowledge like the work that they are continually doing um, so that they feel appreciated and that their efforts aren't um, going unnoticed, 
because it's it's a hard thing to say like i'm in therapy um because for some reason it's still a stigma today to be going to therapy um you know and right i don't understand and I, had, I had just had the, this discussion with somebody i think it was last week it may have been week before you know she um i had posted something about myself you know like right. i want to react this way but i'm not going to do it i've worked on myself so hard you know and i'm just even though I want to, I want to do this. I'm not going to. And, you know, and she messaged me, we were talking and she's like, I appreciate that. You're so open about this. Like, you know, like, you know, most people aren't. And she was like, and I feel like it's becoming more common, especially like our generational, you know, ages, whatever, like to casually drop, Oh, me and my therapist were talking the other day, you know, or my therapist told me this. And like, I love that. Cause I'm like, there is nothing to be ashamed of. And I think I had last night, you know, like, I think everybody should have a therapist, even if you don't think that you have like a specific mental health issue. I think it's good for anybody to just talk and get their feelings out and validated by somebody else or, you know, whatever. So, right. And it's, it's, it's one of those situations, like with with my therapist, (laughs) she, uh, she validates my feelings, but she doesn't validate my behavior. Right. Exactly. She's like, how you're feeling is absolutely right. It's spot on. It's how you're feeling. Um, no one can tell you otherwise. I'm not going to tell you that your feelings are wrong, but your behavior isn't acceptable and it's not okay. And this part of me is like, girl, why you got to call me out like that? (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just like, why? But, um, so what about you though? Like, when did you start? Like, what was your light bulb moment with yours? Um, so my light bulb moment was, I like I was in college and everything and um you know I during college I was in a four-year relationship and uh we had broken up uh because he cheated um (laughs) I know (laughs) um yeah and I um was you know still afterwards like you know single in college met my son's father and um that was like a really wild ride. Um, it was super violent. Um, it, it was, I lost a lot of friends during that whole situation because he is a narcissistic person. Um, and you know, it, it caused a, you know, yeah, there were some physical bumps and bruises, which heal. But the, but the biggest thing is, is, those mental and emotional uh, wounds and bruises that you get from a domestic violence relationship, like stick with you for the rest of your life. Yeah. And so I, um, you know, was dealing with some undiagnosed postpartum depression that I didn't kind of want to like, I just didn't really want to talk about it or deal with it even with my gynecologist. And I like remember sitting at a stop sign in the hurricane Walmart and uh randomly started crying like just and it was like that's when it kind of like was like okay this is not good um and it only progressed and got worse after I had filed for full custody of my child and um it was in February January February beginning of February 2015 when I had started therapy and like you had, you know, discussed, like you were kind of like on and off again with therapy. And I was kind of like the same way it was to me, it was like uh, half hearted going into it because I didn't know what to expect. And it's like, it's a really scary situation when you have to be vulnerable and it's more terrifying when you have to be vulnerable to someone you don't know that is supposed to sit there and like silently judge you and help you get better. And so I, you know, there were a lot of times where I would cancel appointments, I wouldn't show up, but then it was like, okay, I've got to really take this seriously. And so I was in therapy for about like a year and a half and, um, things have gotten like, things have gotten like really, really good at that point. And I was doing well, I was succeeding in my career. I was excelling. I went back to school you know, was excelling in school again, um, you know, had finally like landed like a really good job where I didn't have to worry about benefits or, well, you know, I was going to have my own benefits. I didn't have to like mooch off my mother for her, for her benefits at the time. (laughs) And, um, 
And so I was like, awesome, like I'm doing this adulting thing, yes. Um, and then I ended up dating someone else and it was just wasn't a good situation. Um, I made me realize that like, oh, I wasn't really ready for, for a relationship because I still couldn't distinguish between red flags and, and healthy flags. Like I couldn't, I couldn't right. distinguish between them at all. And so I thought that anything that triggered me was a red flag or anything that upset me was a red flag. And, um, you know, unfortunately, like we parted ways, um, not on the best terms, um, but it, I mean, it is what it is. And then, you know, within that same year that we had parted, I also got a job for the your federal court and moved out there and was out there um, in Cincinnati, Kentucky for a year. And then, um, uh, you know, a year later, I got laid off um, because of the pandemic, because they were shutting everything down in Ohio and they didn't need me anymore. And they didn't need as many case managers. And because I was just recently hired within the past year, they were like, you know, we're just really sorry. We're gonna have to let you go. And it was kind of like really heartbreaking because it was the first time that I really had to uh, lean on only myself. And granted, like I had my mom, she was three hours away, um, but it's not the same when they're not right there or you don't have friends right there or you don't have family right there. Right. like all of 2020, I really had to, um, for the, mo- for the most of 2020, I really had to lean on myself and learn, you know, like, okay, like, like your mom's not going to be there for you the rest of your life to you know, spoon feed you everything that you need to do. And so I really had to stand on my own two feet. And then in July, July, June, June, sorry, June of 2020, <laughs> I got another job, um, and I, I liked it. It was re- it was a really good job. I really liked it, um, but unfortunately, I you know had got laid off, let go, whatever, again in November, and that's kind of when everything started going like like downhill. I mean, like we were like oh what what is that that roller coaster at cedar point what is it millennium force millennium so i want to say millennium falcon but like that's (laughs) (laughs) that's that's star wars (laughs) um no oh god what is that i think it's millennium millennium force i'm pretty sure that's what it is oh now you got me googling that's what i'm doing too (laughs) Oh my god. Millennium Force. Yes, that's what it is. Yeah. So like when I, if anybody has ever ridden Millennium Force at Cedar Point, you know that you go up really slow and then they kind of like dangle you there for a hot minute and then you go on like a 90 degree drop for like what seems like ever. Yeah. And so that's basically from like November until um January. <laughs> that's when um like everything just kind of was just 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 dropping and just going like it wouldn't stop um and there were it was you know i started therapy again in december um but when i started therapy i started with this whole idea of wanting kind of self-validation from my therapist um just kind of an outlet to just bitch basically and she was great about that but I knew that she was waiting for me to get to my, like my moment of realization. And, um, so, you know, everything was, was kind of okay. You know, I was having a lot of mental breakdowns that were more frequent and I refused to take control or harness of those mental breakdowns. Um, and I would just let them consume who I was as a person when in reality, I know that like my mental illness does not, does not define who I am, but I was allowing it to become like, that's all you knew me as is, was the girl that broke down all the time. And you know, when, when you do that, like people don't want to, 
people don't want to deal with that and which is it's understandable and um in in january the like beginning of well i was also interviewing like you know at the beginning of january i finally got a job but unfortunately required me to move cities and i had to move in like four days um you know i started my job and like i i got the call on like a friday went and saw my new place that saturday started my new job on a wednesday and had to be packed up that weekend ready to move on a on the following friday so like i had like uh, you know and i was driving back and forth from cincinnati to columbus so like all my shit had to be packed on sunday like it all had to be like packed and ready right, to go. Right, yeah. yeah and so you know i'm driving back and forth so there was going to be no uh, way or availability for me to be able to um what's the word I'm looking for, like to, to pack when I get home, because like I would get off at five. And then by the time that I got home, it's like seven thirty, eight o'clock and I'm already like fucking exhausted, you know, and then having to uproot my kid as well from a school, you know, and, and move and all of that stuff. And that was the week, that whole week was like the week that like literally broke me. Um, because, I mean, it was, it was one of the, it was one of the darkest times and darkest periods that I had ever been in since uh, my whole domestic violence situation back in like 2014, 2013, 2014. And so I, I just let, I just kind of like let everything run its course and let it consume and just let it be who, who I was and didn't take any repercussions for how I was because, you know, at the time I was like, I'm right. Everybody's wrong. My feelings are valid. Y'all suck um <laughs> yeah you know like i'm i'm not gucci but i expect you all to bow down to me and be like hail cassidy and um you know we're so sorry when that wasn't the case because i was literally self-sabotaging and self-destructing like like really bad and um you know, a lot of things had happened that weekend that I moved in. Um, like a lot of things were brought to the forefront. And it was the very first time that I had ever had to like literally sit down in front of a mirror and like look at myself. Metaphorically speaking, I didn't really sit down in front of a mirror. <laughs> um, but like, you know, like literally sit down and say, oh my God. Wow. Okay. Um, all right girl um you know and like it was the first time i had to really sit down and say okay i've got to take accountability for my actions like i have got to genuinely hold myself to a standard um and hold myself accountable and take control of what you're doing here because what you are doing and how you're treating people and how you're acting out and how you're lashing out and how you're doing this, that, and the other, it's not okay. And it's not cute either. And so it was like that whole weekend was like a moment of like, yeah. like, like fireworks, like everywhere. And it, it just, it was, it was a really hard moment. And then, you know, I'd gone into my therapy session on Wednesday and I talked to my therapist about everything that had happened that weekend. And she was like, I was waiting for this moment. <laughs> I was like, why didn't you stop me? And she was like, no, no, no. Like, you know, she's like, I'm, I'm not holding your hand through this. She was like, I was waiting for you to self-sabotage because I, because everything we had talked about earlier, she was like, I saw this was coming. She was like, it was just a matter of time. Um, and, you know, and it did. And, you know, I will say this, like, we've talked about it before like i unfortunately like lost some close people that i some people that i was very close to and that i loved very dearly and you know i don't blame them for having to step away and you know not being a part of my life anymore um it's been a hard concept to accept but i'm like fully well aware and fully um indulging in that fact and you know um really i hate using the word accepting again um but it's true like i am really accepting of the fact of of where they stand where they're where they come from and and you know who they are 
as as people with in, in the moment in, in, the, in the light in which they had saw me um because you know when you, when you get that far and i'm sure you understand like when you get into a, a manic low when you get when you get that low and you get that far it's like a point of no return it's it's really hard to redeem yourself and really hard to return back to who you are right yeah um, and like mine typically like with that and that's I think that's like where the self-accountability comes in yeah okay can I really be upset I I mean I can be upset at the situation but can I really be upset at them for making their decision regarding whatever the relationship may be friendship you know whatever so yeah yeah I definitely get that and I want um you know and that's in or in the self-awareness you know like you know like you know once you you know, like you said, like had told me, you know, you, you were vulnerable, went to them, explained things, you know, whatever, like, and that's, and that friendship, I mean, it sucks, like, you know, they had to take a step back, but that, you know, that's not always, that may not be a forever thing, It's you know. I think it's like, and we've agreed, like, I think that's like, that's with anything with that, with that, whether that's like with friendships, or whether it's with relationships, or whether it's with a work situation, or if it's like a family situation, like anybody at any time is allowed to take take a step back from a friendship or a relationship or a work situation or um you know or 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 a family you know situation and say okay like i can't do this like like i've always heard the saying like you can still you can love people from afar and right. you know and that sometimes is the case, but then there's other times where people are like, I just literally cannot do this anymore. And I just, you know, I have to take a step back and it's like, you can't. And that's like the biggest thing for me with my OCPD is like, I want to control everything. I want to control situations. I want to like, I I want an instant fix to everything. And then like, I want to be able to prove my actions later. Like I want to, you know, you know, go in with sincere apologies you know which when you when you fuck up part of my language beep um (laughs) when when you mess up and and you with me before all this half before like my whole like self-realization self-awareness self-accountability situation um you know anytime that i've ever apologized like it was a half-hearted apology like i meant a little bit of it but the other part of it wasn't as like sincere because i felt like that's just what i was supposed to do like i felt like that's just what i was supposed to say um and then more times than not it was like okay um you know i i don't want to take accountability for this i don't want to deal with this i'm just gonna pawn it off on somebody else I'm going to pawn it off on somebody, something else. I'm not going to admit fault and I'm just going to run away from the situation and then like cross my pretty little fingers and hope it just gets better. And these people forgive me. Right. So, and like with that, do you feel like that's going in? Like, I don't know how else to say it. So it's, it's so corny, but like, do you feel like when you do that, you're going into like, you know, talk the talk, but not necessarily back it up with the walk part. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Like, yeah, I used to be that way. It was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to talk the talk, but I am not going to provide the evidence to back it up. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, and like, so like with me in situations like that, like, you know, I would cause, you know, whatever chaos or maybe not even cause it, but reacted in a way that was way above the level that should have been at, you know, like, yeah like when people were like oh not cool I don't like this like you know or I'm taking a step back or whatever or like you know just calling me out of my shit you know like my low you know and I don't even know if that even now to this day I don't even know if that like is with my depression or my bipolar but like you know I go to oh god I'm such a piece of shit like no wonder everybody yeah, yeah, yeah. Hates me and like you know yeah. like and I'll still struggle with that because like even if I say some you know say something and I'm like oh god everybody hates me and like not necessarily like that people are I don't want to say like out to get me, but like, okay, here you are pointing out, you know, this and this and this. Yeah. Like when (laughs) you know how I'm feeling. Yeah. Cause it it sucks when, and I think it comes back to self-awareness and self-accountability more so accountability than anything that you, you know, all of these things that are wrong with you, but you deflect them really hard. Um, and so when you are faced in a situation where somebody calls you out on that and calls you out on your shit, 
you're like internally you're like whoa 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 <laughs> whoa <laughs> like you yeah. literally instantly start panicking and then but on the outside you're like whatever I'm a piece of shit I'm a terrible person I hate my life I am so sorry and you like throw this huge pity party um and, and quite frankly like it's it's a form of manipulation and because you want them to instantly feel feel bad for doing right and like and i'm so guilty of that like even before i'm like well i'm sorry that i feel this way which caused me to react like this you know like i mean i'm totally guilty of that and like now i mean i'm not fixed 100 like i said you know but like yeah now i'm just like okay bitch calm down let's sit here and talk to ourselves for a second and let's just you know think about this which like before um like, you know, I, I would do the same thing. Like if someone called me out on my shit, like internally, I would start panicking. Like, I mean, I would panic so hard. And then like on the outside, I'd be like, well, excuse me for being a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and I would, you know, I would very much so, um, you know, that's where, that's where the whole, like, uh, half sincere, half not apology would come from because it's like, the part that I was really sorry about is the part that I, I actually meant. And then the other part was like, not, not so much because I felt like it was just something that I, that I was just supposed to say. And that just, that that's what they needed to hear and, or that they, or that's what they wanted to hear from me. Or, you know, it would be the same thing where I would just like, you know, I would deflect and then just like not come back to it. And I would just, run away from it and then not deal with it because it was a lot easier than not having to deal with it and then hoping that if I waited long enough and came back to it uh that they would like act like it never happened and yes. ignore it and it goes away like right <laughs> well, that's not the case and so right. it's like now like like you had mentioned it's like I've ha- there have been since everything that's happened you know when basically like when i hit when it like because there are times when you in your life i think there's only one time in your life when you hit a wall like you you hit your wall and you're like this is my accountability point this is my okay i've really got a self-reflect point this is my soul searching moment and um and but every time in between that you've had to face face some hurdles or like jump over some hurdles or trip over them where it's kind of like it's like a pre-warning. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, hey, like I'm trying to like the universe or God or whatever you believe in is like trying to warn you with these little hurdles that you keep tripping over of like I'm I'm trying to make you realize that you're about to like hit your wall and you're about to like fall six feet down and you're about to get yourself into a huge hole and hit rock bottom. And like that's I think back so many times in my life of where I have done that, where I've hit several hurdles or I've tripped over several hurdles. And I feel like it was like, for me, like I believe in God, I am, you know, I'm Christian and stuff and I've been more so into my faith, but I think that there were several times where God was like, yo girl, I'm a, I'm trying to help you out here. But uh, if you want to make it real difficult on you, I'm just going to blow this shit up and right and like mine's like similar like so like with me like I'm not really religious more spiritual you know universal right. whatever with that so like mine I'm like okay here here's these signs like here are your right. signs and like even with me my so I don't go the hurdles like mine is rock bottom like multiple rock bottoms like because I go straight to not like, I don't want to say overreacting, but like, okay, this, this hurdle can cause a massive, you know, wrench in my plans here. Like, like, holy shit, this is so bad. This is so bad. This is so bad. Like, what am I going to do? You know? So my, and then like, just recently have I realized like, okay, this is not rock bottom. This is your hurdle, you know, but if you don't take care of this hurdle, if you don't clear this one, then then there's your rock bottom you're so worried about. So like me, like I focus on like the absolute fucking worst, like, you know, and then like, I not hyper fixate on it. And, you know, with that, I I don't know, like, I think part of my bipolar with that, because I hyper fixate on, you know, certain things. And I like, I literally just cannot 
get over it, you know, or right. whatever with that. Right. And, um, so like me, you know, my rock bottom's like anytime they're a slight inconvenience, you know, it's the right. end of the fucking world for me. And then, like I said, I'm just, just now to the point where I'm like, it's not, it's not the end. This is not the worst. Like, right. you yeah. know, no, it, I, I completely, like, I, like, I completely get that. Yeah. And it's just, like I said, you know, like a lot of this is recent for me. Like I, it's just something I've been working on over the last, you know, nine to 12 months. And then something that I've actually just started to, uh, I don't even know how to word it. Like, you know, I've done my therapy, I've done this. So I, like I've unloaded everything, you know, right, all yeah. it, and now I'm working on it. So it's, it's right. still new. And, you know, with right. that, and I, I truly don't think that we ever get over working on our I hate to say issues but issues yeah you know what it is I mean like like especially with me now like like I know that you you reflected or talked about like going back to your point of having to like if there's like a conflict or a situation that comes up that like you have to sit down and you have to talk with yourself about it and before you like react because my thing was like you're like I am in that same boat where it was like, it could be a minor inconvenience and I would react in the most negative way. Like I wouldn't sit down and think of like the logical explanation. I immediately went to an emotional defense side. Right. Like, like immediately that's where I went was anytime that I ever talked to somebody, it all came, you know, and I was trying to prove a point per se, it was always a situation where I was, um, like coming from an emotional standpoint, like there was no logic behind it because again, like it stemmed from my OCPD of where it was like, I'm right. You're wrong. I'm big. You're small. <laughs> you know, I'm smart. You're yeah. dumb. Like there's nothing that you can do about it. Um, <laughs> quoting Matilda there, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know, like that's how it was for me a lot. It was like, I never, I would never take a, take a moment to take a step back reread what they said and think about it in a logical third party perspective, you know, or, or look at it at a, you know, at, at a, you know, completely, you know, objective point of view, I would just immediately like go straight for the kill. And now it's a situation where it's like, when I, when I address somebody or I talk to somebody or, you know, they say something that upsets me or whatever, like, I may not reply, like I don't reply right then and there. Like I put my phone down, I walk away from it. Um, you know, I may not reply for an hour or two. Shit, I may not reply until the next day because like I really have to, and it depends on like what the, what the text is and the context of it is. And I really have to like think, like I really, really have to think about how my words affect other people because they do. And I really had to think about my tone of voice and how it affects other people. And I really have to think yeah. about, about how, you know, I, I, my perspective of things affects other people. And so I, you know, have started this thing where it's like, if I know that I'm going to react in an emotional manner, then I just don't react at all until I'm ready to react from a logical viewpoint. And so, you know, I'll just, I'll literally go and I'll have a talk with myself or, you know, like I'll call my mom and just be like, mom, <laughs> you know, and I'll vent to her and she'll just be like, well, do you want the truth or do you want to lie? And more times than not, like she gives me like, like the straight blunt truth. And she's like, you're wrong. Yeah. And well, and I love, I just saw this thing recently um like literally over the last couple of days it was like do you want solution or do you want comfort comfort yeah like which is what i've been kind of using now is it's you know if somebody comes to me like i've had friends that come to me and they're like you know like can i vent to you and i'm like you know absolutely like i had a friend last week he came to me and he was like this is what's going on in my life you know things are just chaotic and blah 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 and i was like well do you want comfort or solutions right now and he was like, what does that mean? I was like, do you want me to tell you what you want to hear? Or do you want me to tell you what you need to hear? Like, what is it? And, you know, it was kind of really nice just to like, it's been, it's kind of been really refreshing. That's the best word to say it. It's been really refreshing just to sit back and say, wow, okay. Um, you know, 
it's nice to be able to respond this way and instead of just being like bam 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 with an emotional sense and so I was just it's like to me like therapy has helped me so much in that sense and um you know just being like more so vulnerable and open about my emotions and reacting in a more positive light in a more positive manner instead of just like hey <laughs> like just yeah. just coming off coming from the defensive and, and right now working at it as I like okay I'm gonna come up come at this from the offense yeah and that's exactly like where I'm at because like I like I'm blunt I don't want sugarcoat things and before I would just say things and people would be like god you're such a bitch I'm like I'm not being a bitch I'm just saying things people other people will say so then like you know and now I've gotten to the point where like I can still say what I feel like I need to say but I can judge I can judge the room on how I'm how I need to convey what I'm trying to say you know right so you know with that and and, I mean really that's a, a big step for me because I have an issue with just stating how I feel and it doesn't matter how that makes another person feel you know right so that's you know I've been doing that I've been pausing like you know, before I react. Now, not every time, you know, right. I mean, sometimes I still, cause I don't, I don't do feelings. I do hurt. And like my, like if I'm hurt or my feelings are hurt, I go angry. Like I know right. how to do angry. I know right. how to do mad, but I don't know how to process feelings. <laughs> and right. Yeah. So- and I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of like on the opposite end of that, where it's like, I process too many feelings. Like I've literally feel everything. And like, in one text message or one phone call or, or whatever, or one, you know, setting or whatever, where I literally feel like, like I feel everything, happy, joyful, bitterness, pissed off, mad, hurt, sad, depressed, you know, you name it. And that's just now where I'm getting, and I'm like, I don't like this. You know, that's what I told my therapist. I was like, look, I'm not used to my feelings being hurt. People get hurt my feelings. I hurt my own feelings, you know? (laughs) And then like- Which now I, like, it's kind of funny because like we're like passing each other on a road where it's like now I'm learning to like process my feelings like individually. And you're like going to the opposite end where you're feeling everything (laughs) at once. (laughs) Right, yeah. And like, that's like, I cried in therapy. I think it was last week. And she was like, okay what's going on why are we crying I'm like because I feel things and I don't like feeling things <laughs> she's like well that's because it's easier to not feel them and I'm like right. I mean no but I'm like what are you doing to me woman and she right. you know <laughs> yeah therapists are like such a blessing like they are like literal from heaven um so yeah and then like I know this might be like a sensitive topic so trigger warning for anybody out there listening um we we're gonna talk about this topic really quick um because Nikki and I had discussed it is like suicide in in general uh it's something super taboo that we that we talk about um but we've kind of noticed that um suicide in the mental health community um is more it seems to be more taboo and less talked about and so like I always like to ask this question because like I'm kind of upfront about this but I'm but I guess since we're on a worldwide podcast why not (laughs) I don't know if you've ever dealt with suicide before or if you have ever attempted suicide or if you have ever or if you know of anybody who has ever dealt with suicide but like I'll ask you this question um, because I've seen it like floating around on TikTok, but it's, it's, it's an honest, genuine question is if you had ever, if you had ever committed suicide, how long would it have been since we lost you? Does that make sense? Yes. So uh, referring back to earlier in our conversation, um, my going into my eighth grade year, uh, I was hospitalized for self-harm. that was borderline, you know, uh, attempted suicide right. um, with that. Now, uh, and then, us, I mean, I self-harmed for a couple years afterwards. And if my mom is listening, I'm so sorry. Um, I didn't <laughs> tell you all of these things. But, you know, there were... Um, right. Yeah. Sorry, mom. <laughs> yeah. No, no, she's really cool. I just... But no, like, and then, like, you know and since I was a teenager even like when I quit like you know I have had suicidal ideations uh, since I was 
12 to 13 years old. And, you know, at some points in my life, they went away. Sometimes they got to the point where I, you know, I mean, even, and I'm getting like really candid with this, but, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I just, everything just started happening at once. And I had to make an emergency call to my therapist, Right. you know, and I, you know, and she was like, okay. And she's like, are you okay right now? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine right now. And she, you know, she checked in with me, I'm gonna call you tomorrow. And I'm like, okay, you know, and um, so, I mean, it's, you know, when people see me and they see me talk about my mental health, like I've had people tell me, oh my God, you're so strong. Like, thank you for talking about this and this. And I just, I'm like, I'm not strong. Like, you know, I just, I want to give, I want there to be a pathway for the conversation. Right. You know, like me, I was able to reach out or distinguish like, okay, like, is this like, do not turn this thought into an action. Right. You know, no, absolutely. So like, it's kind of like, I, I think my mom only knows about this um, because it's not something I've I've ever really talked about. And I think it's because the reason I don't talk about it is because I have inherently forgotten about it. Um, But now that like we're we're literally talking about it, it's something that is like in the forefront of my mind. Um, Like for me, um, if if my suicide attempt had worked, um, it would have been like I would be gone for about six years now. Um, like my kid would not be here because it was within that whole time period that I was dealing with a domestic violence situation. Um, you know, that I really, really had thought about like, just, just, just going because it felt a lot easier to just go, um, out like that than have to battle someone, um, in a physical, mental, and emotional manner. Um, cause like, I can't tell you how many times that like, you know, my good, my friend Savannah, um, you know, for example, like, I'll never forget like the time that she saw me at my worst when I literally, she, we lived in Huntington at the time and I was pregnant and I was maybe three, four months pregnant. And, um, she, <laughs> had her door unlocked and this was like a frequent thing for us that we would just barge into each other's houses or apartments right. or whatever. and I drove to her house parked ran in through her front door like she was sitting on the couch with some with another friend Beth and barged in through her front door and like literally fell to the ground crying in a fetal position like screaming and crying and that was the that was like the worst time that she had ever saw me and it had all stemmed and everything kind of had, had had happened from that and it's like you know, when my mom knows about this, you know, when I was younger and I was in middle school and even into like my, my high school, beginning my high school years, like I self-harmed, like I cut myself like a lot because it was a lot easier dealing with physical pain than it was having to deal with it internally. Because for me, when I would, you know, cut myself, um, I would, it was, it was like a release. Does that right. make sense? Yeah. And no, and that's how I was exactly. And even now as an adult, and this is probably not a healthy coping mechanism, but I love it. Like I have tattoos. I have very large tattoos that take five hours and right. anybody that has a tattoo, they don't feel good. But like, I'm telling you what, I, after I get, I have me a nice three to four hour tattoo session. I feel brand new. Like, right. I yeah. like and I feel so good about it. And like, and I actually didn't realize until the last year or so about that, you know, I was like, somebody's like, would a tattoo make you feel better? And I was like, you know what? Yeah, it would, Probably would. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and I don't want to compare obviously tattoos to self-harm. That's not the case at all. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it's not, and but it's not for it's, everybody. It, 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 you're right. It isn't, the, it isn't the same, but I get where you're coming from. Like the, the feeling is the same. Like, yeah. The, the feeling the, and then the release of it. Like, yeah, because like, yeah, I totally get that. But like, I think like when it comes to like suicide and self-harm and like the mental health community, like we're all dealing with that. We're dealing with friends who have, you know, attempted suicide or have committed suicide or they talk about their suicide attempts or they talk about their self-harm. And for some odd reason within, you know, this mental health community that we, we have and that we've built, some of us still look down upon it like, like don't talk about that like that don't like don't 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 talk about that and I'm like well then what's the point in having a mental health conversation if we're not going to talk about like the dirtiest parts 
of mental health because those are like some of like the absolute like right and I mean and you know I feel like you know like when you came to me with this and like we have you know talked on the phone and everything like you know like when we were trying to think of whatever to call it you know uh, I think I pointed out one of them I was like well that kind of sounds like it's all good and sunshine but it was and that's not it you know and you're like yeah you're right you know and because I feel like you know, I think you had said this, like, it's always about, oh, the light at the end of the tunnel. Well, sometimes right. we can't see that, you know, I'm going to, you know, not personally right this second, but like, you know, if, when I am in a dark place, like logically, I know that light is there. I know that the light is at the end of the tunnel, but right, right now I need a minute in my darkness, you know, yeah. and that's okay. And- like to be there too, as long as you know, you can pull yourself from it and not dwell in it. Right. Yeah. And I like totally agree with that. It's, you know, it is a huge situation of, you know, more times than not, there are people who know that like, it's going to be okay. Things are going to be great. Things are going to be okay. Everything's going to be fine. Um, but when you're in your shit and the world feels like it's crashing down around you, like you, you don't need to be reminded it's gonna be okay because that, like that's the worst thing that you can hear when you're when you are having when you're in your moment or things feel like the end of the world for you um like that's that's not what you want like you you know you want to have somebody sit down and be like what do you need what can yeah. I do to help and like, like how can I do better my biggest things to, like right now like it's okay to not be okay like and I think that's a big thing because before you know it was like oh my god why do I feel like this This isn't normal this isn't okay this is this but like it it is it's typical even like without mental health diagnoses like it's okay to not be okay and even jumping back to like the whole you know self-harm and suicide thing like you know I don't know how many times I've heard oh this person killed themselves they were weak they were this no yeah and that that just like that just irritates like I will be honest like that irritates me the most or like or or my my biggest pet peeve is like oh they killed themselves they're so selfish and I'm yes. like, like no listen, like they, they're not don't understand. selfish or anything like that they're tired you yeah. know and and you know I mean like I'll be honest like the people that I know that have like I've, I've known a couple of people that have committed suicide and it was one of the heartbreaking most heartbreaking things I've ever had to deal with but like the people that I knew that committed suicide were some of the happiest people that I knew yeah, they were absolutely. some of like like the coolest, calmest, happiest people. Never talked about things that were that were up, upsetting them or or whatever. And it was just like you'd find out, and you'd be like, "What?" Like it, you yeah. know. And so, like, I think with suicide, especially in the mental health community, like we've got to destigmatize that, you know, and really just just be open and candid and and talk about it, whether it was it's a past situation or whether it's something that you continually still think about. You know, and I know that, like, the one thing that, like, we've talked about is, like, you know, seeking help and, you know, trying to open up about and be be vulnerable in who you are and yourself, you know, because the one thing that I like to say is, like, your emotions don't make you weak. Your emotions make you strong. They make you who you are as a person. They make you grounded and they make you authentic. And so it's, like, just because, like, you and I are seeking help and we're seeking therapists and we're doing this doesn't mean that somebody else who may be listening or not listening or whatever just because they're not seeing a therapist or a psychiatrist and they're leaning on friends and family doesn't mean that and they're working on their mental health and their self-healing and and self-worth and and their journey and you know transition in the season of their life or whatever doesn't mean that they're doing it wrong you know right And I wanted to touch base on that, like going back to like in the beginning, like when you had introduced it, how we were talking about how we came up with it, should or get off the pot. Like I wanted to add to that, like, because it was like, you know, get the help, like people are giving you this information, but like, I know a lot of it, like people don't know where to start. Like there's a lot of people, you know, especially, you know, that, that don't have insurance and they're like, okay, I don't have insurance. I can't get medical help or mental health help. And, you know, right. and I just want to add to that, you know, they're like, I, I know plenty of resources or I can point you in the direction of resources. So, you know, if there's somebody listening or you're listening and you know of somebody like that, that applies to, you can always message, you know, me or Cass and, right. you know, yeah, hey, where do I start? 
or, you know, like, you know, anything like that. So just, and like you said, just because you're not actively seeing a therapist or anything like that, that's fine too. But, you know, if you, if you do want to get that help and you don't know where to start, you know, uh, um, you know, well, both of us are more than willing to help with that. Like I'm, I'm absolutely willing to go out of my way and take an hour out of my day, you know, obviously like before work or after work to really like do as much research that I can, because there are, whether people realize it or not, like there are several nonprofit organizations out there that will help you get the therapy that you need or get the medication that you might need. Um, because I believe in a world full of love and, and help and being, you know, selfless and, you know, doing for others what you can't do for yourself or whatever that saying is, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and just giving it your all, you know, and so, you know, I just, I think that, you know, the more that we continue these podcasts and the more that we kind of keep talking about them and stuff, like the, the better it'll get. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I'm truly really appreciative and grateful that you like you, you're doing this with me because I know how like, this is going to go like, like, I'm not saying worldwide cause that's not <laughs> a bit, but I mean, it's going to be on several streaming platforms for anybody to listen to. And it's really hard to be, um, open about your own mental health on social media. And then it's another to be like burying your soul and very vulnerable for basically the world to hear yeah thank you I really appreciate that yeah no and that's and to be honest that's I mean one of the ways that I've learned to deal with my own shit I get it out there to the world like I'll let people know like right you know I I don't I'll let people know I'm not perfect I'm working on myself so if you see me fuck up or you see me act a certain way that's okay like I'm still a work in progress so right yeah and it helps me hold myself accountable too. So as much as it is to help other people, it's to help myself. So, yeah. So we are all here to support you and love you and hold you accountable as well as we hold ourselves accountable. So, um, we just want to thank you all for taking the time to listen. Um, probably by the time you're listening to this, it'll be uploaded on Thursday morning, (laughs) afternoon, night, sometime on Thursday. (laughs) And then, um, Hopefully next time we are going to have a guest speaker, which would be really awesome Um, because we want to get more people involved in this and just hear from different um, aspects of life Um, because it's not, even though like Nikki and I have like our own shit that we're dealing with, um, it gets kind of repetitive to hear about the same shit over and over. Right. And everybody's different there's different diagnoses so many there are people that deal with mental health related to medical conditions and right you know so I definitely think it's good and also you know you and I had discussed that Q&A thing so yeah Yeah, absolutely that like anybody listening has questions about that we haven't addressed or you want like an in-depth you know more in-depth answer um we'll you know you can message us on Facebook and we'll um start answering those at the end absolutely yeah I mean we'll like yeah just message us like if there's something that we didn't touch base on or if like you want to know about something in particular or about how we handle certain things in particular or um like what I don't know like more like us dive more into depth about a topic that we talked about um and how we dealt with that like yeah sure shoot us a message so absolutely all right thank you all so much and we will talk at you next friday saturday yep all right thanks guys bye